Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton, and this is episode 24 of Freedom from Fear. Will you accept me? It is an awful thing to realise you are not welcome. It might hit you when you open the door, and there is that cold silence, those frosty looks, the looks of contempt, and the eyes that avert their gaze. Or maybe everyone is polite, and you get the impression that you are welcome, but slowly you realise they are just saying what needs to be said, going through the motions, as we might say in Australia, or mouthing the required words and phrases. But in their heart, they are just waiting for you to leave. I prefer the authenticity of hatred to the falseness of fake piety any day. It has been my experience over the years that most churches are generally disinterested in new people. They have their cliques and their groups, and they don't really want to get to know new people who might disturb their social circles, many which have been carefully cultivated over the years, trimmed and cut like a hedge. And the last thing they need is someone new. Most churches will be polite, but not friendly, and they will not welcome you. The traditional churches, the national churches and the older churches will generally oppose you and make it clear to you that you are not welcome unless you obey their hundreds of rules and customs without question and do as you are told. The irony, of course, is that the old Christian fascists, the hippie fascists, get on the love train, brother. That generation, they are more open to non-Europeans. This is probably the extension of their love theology more than anything else, in the cities at least. In rural areas, in virtually all places, racism is the order of the day in most churches, irrespective of tradition. If you want to go to a rural church and you're not European or white-skinned, then please be incredibly careful. Look up online first before you go. If all you see are white faces, then know this you will probably not be welcome there. You might be. You might be the token non-European. Traditional Protestant churches will certainly show you the door. You will not be welcome. Roman Catholics might welcome you. Almost all their clergy are from abroad now, as so few Australian men enter the priesthood. If you cannot speak English, don't worry. Most Catholic priests in Australia these days can't either. Only the descendants of the landed gentry are welcome in traditional Protestant churches and rural areas and those who are prepared to bow down to them. Sit down, shut up and do as you are told. Is the Christian theology prevalent in many traditional Protestant churches outside of the cities? In the cities you will be welcome, if you know your place. That means our church is a place where white people are at the top and you are at the bottom. Most churches struggle with white supremacy and do not realise their entrenched prejudice. But it's not only white churches, because at least Australian Christians are fair. Racism is universal. If you go to the ethnic churches for non-Europeans, you will also find racism. Japanese people are not welcome in Chinese churches and Russians are not welcome in Ukrainian churches, for example. So much for being one in Christ. What a disgrace. After several centuries of appalling racism, 
The Western Church still has not grasped the central message of the Gospel. All are one in Christ. Galatians 3.28 All are welcome, and all are equal before God. It is such a simple message, and yet how difficult it is for so-called Christians to follow and adopt. When I returned to Australia, I was deeply shocked at the racism amongst Christians, even at seminary. Deeply shocked. I had experienced racism in the Japanese and American church as well, but when I returned, I naively thought that the old Australian white supremacy had died out. But it had not. In fact, it was in resurgence. I was away for far too long. In that time, the hopes of a multicultural society born in the 1970s had met opposition, terrible opposition, and even the churches supported the old racism. Maybe I simply assumed that all Christians adopted Galatians 3.28, but I have since realised that most Western Christians ignore it. God doesn't. Peter struggled with favouritism. His struggle was a microcosm of the early Christians in Jerusalem, the so-called followers of the way, Jews who had come to faith in the Messiah, who had set up shop in the temple courts and met for prayer and reading the scriptures. There is no sign they celebrated the Mass. They were men of prayer, hospitality and service to the poor. Many of these men held to the view that Jesus had come only for them and that for anyone to have faith in Christ, they needed to become a Jew, follow the law of Moses and adopt all the customs and traditions. All new converts could believe in Jesus the Messiah, but they needed to be circumcised, follow the food regulations, live like a Jew and attack Jesus on top of centuries of religious rituals. The relationship of the law of Moses with the freedom of the Spirit was the chief tension in those days between self-effort and grace, between religion and faith. Paul speaks about this sect in his letters. Romans 2, verses 25 to 29, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 19, Galatians 2, verse 12, chapter 5, verses 6 to 13. Ephesians 2, verse 11, Philippians 3, verse 3, Colossians 2, verse 11, and Titus 1, verse 10. Both the letter to the Hebrews and James presents a scathing critique of this circumcision sect. If the leader of the Italian regiment Cornelius in Caesarea had not appeared on the scene, it is quite possible that Peter might have apostatized and join this counter-movement of the Jewish faith against the followers of the way. It was a turning point in the history of early Christianity. Cornelius was a convert to Judaism, probably like the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a centurion, therefore a Roman soldier. And he was, according to Acts chapter 10, verse 2, a man who had deep reverence and respect for God, as well as authenticating his faith by caring for the poor. He receives a vision from God to send men to Joppa and bring back Peter, who was living by the sea. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 7. From our perspective, it seems a remarkable thing to happen. 
But we are about to discover something secret, something horrible, something bizarre, that has been lost to history for some reason. It was even lost to Peter and to the early Jewish Christians. This is despite the commission of Jesus to preach the good news to all nations, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, despite the day of Pentecost and the arrival of the Spirit and the proclamation of the message of the gospel in all languages in the ancient world, recorded in Acts 2. Peter had also forgotten the words of the Lord Jesus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 To our shame, many Christians forget too. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.